welcome to the Pennsylvania Chamber's All Business Podcast, featuring the perspectives and unique insights of the Commonwealth's most dynamic executives, entrepreneurs, and leaders. My name is Rick Moran, Director of Marketing for the PA Chamber. My guest today is Alex Bassett-Strange, the Executive Vice President of Bassett's Ice Cream. Um, Bassett's Ice Cream has been family-owned since 1861. Alex is sixth generation. And uh, we have a great conversation. We talk all about the history of the company. Uh, more importantly, we get into exporting. And I know ice cream might not be the first thing you think of when it comes to exporting, but Bassett's Ice Cream has been doing it um, for a while now. And we had a great conversation about some of the resources they use and their kind of journey in exporting. So I think anyone that's a business that's thought about exporting or doesn't think they can do it, um, definitely listen to today's conversation. And I think you'll gain some really valuable insight. So with no further ado... Here's my conversation today with Alex. Hey, Alex, thank you so much for being here on the All Business Podcast. Uh, happy to be here. Thank you so much, Rick. All right. Tell us about Bassett's Ice Cream, where you guys are located, what you do with the company, and what your what your footprint is in Pennsylvania and, and around, around the country, around the world. All right. Absolutely. Well, Bassett's ice cream, something I'm especially proud of. We're the oldest ice cream company in the United States. We've been around since 1861. And just to put that into perspective, that's the year that Abraham Lincoln was inaugurated as president. And (laughs) it was uh, my great, great, great grandfather who started our company back then uh, making ice cream on his farm in Salem, New Jersey, just outside of Philadelphia. He'd make that ice cream, load it up into his horse and buggy, and take that and sell it along the farmer's markets located on Market Street here in Philadelphia. In 1885, he opened up his first location, Fifth and Market, which is right across the street from where the Liberty Bell is right now. He had that location for a few decades, and um, while he had that location, the Reading Terminal Market in Philadelphia opened up 1893. Uh, Legend is he was the first merchant to sign a lease there. We are the last remaining original tenant of the Reading Terminal Market. It's a fantastic food market with over 80 independent food uh, merchants inside the Reading Terminal. And uh, we've been an ice cream shop there for the last 135, excuse me, 130 years. Company's been around for 161, excuse me, 162 this year. Years. Yeah, you got me thinking like, when did the freezer get invented? When, wow, like, when can we have ice cream? Yeah. <laughs> right, right. You know, interesting, like the, um, the, yeah, the company predates the ice cream cone, which happened to be invented in 1904. Um, you know, back then refrigeration was salt and ice (laughs) and that's how, you know, people would keep the ice cream cold. Well, um, we'd been a multi-generational family ice cream shop and my grandmother, when she came into the business, uh, she saw a real opportunity to expand our wholesale business. And that's exactly what she did. She began offering Bassett's ice cream, not only around the Philadelphia area, but also um, began distributing or working with distributors rather to get our ice cream, you know, around the country. Um, Currently, domestically, our ice cream is sold in the New York metropolitan area. uh, Of course, in the Philadelphia area, the DC, Baltimore, Virginia area, some 
some distribution in southern Florida, some around Tallahassee, and, and a little bit in Georgia. So we're, we're kind of small here domestically. But, um, but when my uncle, uh, the fifth generation of our family, um, you know, took what my grandmother started and expanded on that, actually brought us um, to the point where we began exporting. So we've been exporting our ice cream since 2008. Wow. See, that, that doesn't even compute in my head. You can export ice cream. Are you, are you, are you still using the salt uh, method of the 1800s or uh, how, does, how, does, how does that even work? Right. They- well, yeah. So um, keeping ice cream cold through transportation, it's, it's critical. Uh, the co- the yeah. cold supply chain, they call it. Um, you know, you can, you know, domestically frozen reefer based uh, trucks will, will get the ice cream around. But when you ship internationally, there are a couple of ways to do it. Uh, one is the best, and that would be by frozen shipping container. Mm-hmm. These shipping containers are cooled with a reefer unit. And what I mean by that is like a giant air conditioner stuck on the side of the uh, yeah. of the unit. Um, it's powered by both uh, diesel and electric. So the trick is that once it gets onto the boat, it takes about 45 days to get from the port of New York to um, our customers in Southeast Asia. And so over that period of time, the freezer uh, unit needs to be plugged in. Mm-hmm. And if it's not, you end up with quite a mess on the other end of, uh, of, its, of its travel. And we've actually, um, we've seen that before. It has, well, yeah. Yeah. Things happen. I mean, uh, I would, I like to imagine that the people on the ship there noticed it. Uh, melting and just you know try to eat their way to save it or at least you know <laughs> benefit at some point it's probably not what happened though but well but obviously that's more the exception than the rules You've been doing it through since 2000 2008 uh, that's right so let's go back there so that this is this is the idea 2008 you have the idea to start shipping and uh, how'd you get connected with with, with, with china where you started Exactly. Yeah. So we started exporting our ice cream to China in 2008. Um, this all came about through a, a networking event at uh, a local St. Joe's University, St. Joseph's University here in Philadelphia. And uh, it was my uncle, uh, the, the fifth generation, Michael Strange, um, who was at this event. He met somebody who said that they represented a food buyer in China. And this food buyer was particularly interested in sweets and, uh, you know, would we be interested in having a conversation with this person and potentially providing some samples? Um, And my uncle uh, saw an opportunity there and, um, you know, a little bit of conversation happened. And and before we knew it, we were shipping samples. Didn't know if that was going to go anywhere. Um, you know, you, you say you pack up pints of ice cream on, on dry ice and you, uh, we, we sent that through the mail. So that flew over. Um, and, uh, you know, a few weeks later, um, we were talking about an order. And so it was pretty quick where we needed to figure out how to do this. You know, we, uh, we reached out to the folks at the world trade center of of greater Philadelphia. And they helped point us in the right direction. We got linked up with the uh, Food Export North 
Northeast. We got linked up with the Export Import Bank, and um, you know through those resources, we're able to figure out this international shipping thing. That's incredible. So obviously, you've been doing it for 15 years. Can you explain mm -hmm. how exporting has really helped your company's bottom line? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, it's uh, it, it's great because when we export our ice cream, we're sending it in shipping containers. These orders are a lot larger than we see, um, you know, domestically. Mm -hmm. um, partially because you know these particular orders are going to service you know fairly large markets. I mean, you know, China's a pretty pretty big place. A lot of people that are uh, eating ice cream over there. Um, so with a, with a bigger, uh, shipment, um, and, you know, I guess lower transportation costs, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty good business to get into not only that, but, um, you know, serving our ice cream internationally has helped us, um, you know, it's a nice story to tell. Um, we're really proud of it. We love the fact that all of the ice cream that we that is served under the Bassett's label is made here in Pennsylvania. Uh, we we love that um, you know we're able to serve a, a, a classic U.S. made product overseas. I, that that begs another question. So how why why is China interested in an American ice cream? Don't they can't they make their own over there? Or what are the differences? Yeah. Well, um, you know. Ice cream is seen as a as an American product. Okay. Um, and to have the oldest ice cream company in the United States providing the ice cream that somebody would sell, you know, in 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 some of our our, our foreign partners markets, um, you know, is a is definitely a plus. Uh, we certainly do tag our product made in the USA, and I think there's I think there's something to be said about the quality and integrity of the product. Uh, that is made here in the U.S. Um, For sure. So that was that was critical. Now, have you have you had a chance to travel to Asia, to China, and and you know see how this works on the other end? Yeah, you know I have. I've taken some trips over to South Korea, um, and it it's been it's been amazing. Um, you know, getting a chance to visit with not only our customers, but the folks that try Bassett's ice cream. You know, I went over for a trade show a couple of years ago in, in Korea and the mix of flavors. I mean, you know, we see this in the orders that we get. It's very different. The consumer palate is very different in Southeast Asia than it is here in the U.S. You know, we were offering a flavor at that time called macadamia nut. And while macadamia nut, it was a, there's no, K flavor here domestically. It was very popular internationally. Hmm. Um, we had a case with 20 flavors. We had salted caramel pretzel. We had cookies and cream. We had peanut butter swirl. We had a lot of these you know, great flavors um, that do really well here in the United States. And we also had macadamia nut. And here in the U.S., you know, macadamia nut it was really a, a slower moving flavor for us. I mean, you know, it's probably one of our lowest performing flavors. Well, I was stunned to find that that at the end of that trade show or right before the end of the trade show, we actually ran out of macadamia nut before any other flavor. You know, so many people were coming up asking for samples of our macadamia nut. It was uh, 
it, it, it kind of, it, it reminded me that, um, you know, these, that the world is a, is a very diverse place and tastes are, are different in other, or other parts of the world. You know, we do well in Southeast Asia because Bassett's ice cream, which is a 16 and a half percent butterfat American style ice cream. Now American style ice cream, also known as Philadelphia, I think it was called Philadelphia style ice cream first. What that means is there's no egg yolk. So it's not like this custardy experience, it's emphasis on the taste of the dairy, but we also, our recipe as generally is, is lower sugar than a lot of the other ice cream recipes out there. We're not as sweet. And being such an old brand and having an old lineup of flavors, we have very, um, you know, we do um, old classic flavors really well. And so that kind of conservative approach to, you know, new flavors um, and, and the flavors that we see in our lineup uh, goes really well. Fruits and nuts are really, really popular in Asia. Whereas in the U.S., like a flavor like like chocolate fudge brownie, for instance, a flavor that I did, uh, I, I came up with a couple of years ago for the Bassett's line. Um, you know, very popular here domestically. You know, not as popular as say a cherry vanilla huh. is internationally. See, it's interesting because I love ice cream. I've had your ice cream before. It's fantastic. Um, keep fruit out of it for me. <laughs> I I'm an American, uh, but uh, so that's really interesting that 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 sort of changes uh, as you go around the world. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take the fudge brownie myself. Um, you don't need to ship any of that. <laughs> um, but that, that's exciting. I mean, prior to 2008, could you imagine yourself traveling internationally? I mean, this is really one of the benefits of uh, of being an exporter. Yeah, it's it's remarkable. Um, you know, I often wonder what my great, great, great grandfather would think had he seen, you know, what the business is doing now and, yeah. and where we've come from. You know, we have a um, we have an illustration of a ice cream churn, the one that he used on his farm it was a, you know, a, a mule powered ice cream churn. Um, and to go from that to serving our ice cream in Taiwan and China and South Korea. It's, it's really remarkable. I wonder what he would have to say. <laughs> he wouldn't believe you. That's what, <laughs> um, that, that's great. Uh, we, we have at the PA chamber, we've got, I mean, exporting is a hot topic and yeah. we have a lot of, a lot of members that call us and they're always asking for resources. Obviously you don't just have a meeting and then you're exporting the next day. You had, right. you had kind of run through a bunch of a list of organizations that have helped you along the, along the way. I wanted to focus on the Exim, the export import bank of yeah. the U S can you talk about your relationship with them and how they've helped you? Absolutely. Well, I'll say that, you know, none of this exporting would happen without the help of the export import bank. You know, I mentioned earlier that um, you know, we're shipping this product via shipping container um, overseas, so by boat, and these containers come in two sizes. There's a 20-foot container or a 40-foot container, and that holds either nine pallets or 18 pallets, and that's a lot of ice cream, and so these orders are pretty big, um, which is great for us, but... Uh, with a big order, um, you know, going to a faraway place, you know, the business has got to manage its risk in terms of 
um, you know, extending credit to stay competitive. Um, our partners overseas are bringing this ice cream in. And like I said, it may take, you know, 45 days, 50 days or so before it gets to them, um, before they can start selling it and pay their, um, their, their balance back with us. And, and so, you know, to make their business viable and competitive, uh, you know, we need to be able to offer terms. And with 162 year old business, uh, you know, risk is something that we look at very closely. And, you know, if we were to extend credit and, um, you know, something were to happen, you know, that could be disastrous for us. So um, that's where the export import bank comes in and they provide export credit insurance. It's a program product that we absolutely love and we, um, we use on every shipment. No, that's great. Um, you know, it's nice to have resources like that. Um, help you sleep at night, <laughs> really, uh, to make sure that your, your business is doing well as far as the exporting goes. Um, as far as, you know, there was a lot of businesses that maybe, I mean, it's so great that you're on the podcast today because ice cream is honestly the last thing I would think of when it comes to exporting. And there's a lot of other businesses that probably could be doing more. Do you have like a top one or two pieces of advice that you'd like to offer other exporters that, um, you know, that they can learn from your experiences? Well, I would, I would say to any, any uh, prospective exporter, um, just know there are a lot of resources out there that can help small businesses with not only the information how to export, but also just like XM that can provide um, the security um, and confidence to allow you to export competitively. Um, we reached out to the World Trade Center of Greater Philadelphia, but the World Trade Center organizations all over the country can help provide small businesses with um, know-how and can point them in the direction uh, that they need to go for, um, you know, any kind of labeling or, um, you know, for instance, one of the things that we didn't, we didn't even realize before getting into exporting, heat treated pallets. Who knew? <laughs> you know, when we send a uh, product domestically, uh, our, our product doesn't need to be stacked on a, a fumigated or heat treated pallet. Um, but this is something that's needed when you, when you export. And, you know, thankfully, those folks at the World Trade Center have expertise like this, and they can they can tell us, um, which is which has been great. So I recommend reaching, just knowing that there are resources available, and then reaching out to not only the Export Import Bank, the World Trade Center, um, Food Export. Uh, these are these are great resources for any small business interested in exporting. That's great. Um, and we'll make sure to put all the links on our website. We'll make sure we link to, uh, so you can, people can check out Bassett's Ice Cream and you can link to the Export Import Bank, which has a ton of great resources on how to get started. It makes it really, really easy. Before we wrap up, I have to ask one more question. What's your favorite flavor? Oh my gosh. Well, you know, I used to, I used to be able to say with absolute certainty and confidence that peanut butter swirl, our classic Philadelphia style vanilla ice cream with a nice peanut butter ripple going through it was my absolute favorite because the peanut butter sets up nice and hard and it's kind of this crunchy chewy salty sweet creamy 
it's, a, it's spectacular. You can't get any better than that. But so you said used to. I can't imagine anything being better than that. I don't know if you can hear me drooling through the audio, but that sounds incredible. <laughs> well, the, the two two flavors that I've been a part of um, recently, this year we just came out with our new s'mores ice cream. And so that's a graham cracker ice cream with a marshmallow swirl and chocolate chunks. And that one I had for breakfast today. <laughs> um, and that chocolate fudge brownie has also been uh, one that I've been frequently going to. Um, go so it's it's tough for me to say which one. I guess in terms of how long has my favorite been peanut butter? It's been it's it's had my it's had the number one spot for the longest. But honestly, it changes. You know, we created a few flavors for our international partners. It's not just what we sell over here. Um, and, uh, we ship it. We've, because of our exporting efforts started making new flavors like matcha, uh, which we're, which we currently make. Um, we make a pomegranate blueberry chocolate chunk, um, which was what we had looked to do for China. And it's been a home run here domestically as well. So you know, it's helping us come up with new flavors. And actually, for this coming year, I've, I've reached out to uh, some of our international partners uh, for some inspiration on, on the uh, 2024 flavor release. So we'll see what, uh, what might be coming down the pike. Uh, I want to thank you so much for being here today, Alex. We wish you much success in the future. Thank you so much, Rick. I appreciate uh, reaching out and we'll have to do this again sometime. Absolutely. Maybe over some ice cream. Thank you for listening to the All Business Podcast from the Pennsylvania Chamber. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. With almost 10,000 member organizations, the Pennsylvania Chamber advocates for job creation and greater prosperity across the Commonwealth. Visit our website at pachamber.org to learn more about us, our members, and how to become part of the statewide voice of business. We'll see you next time.